Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. I'm excited to be sharing the Word tonight. It's been a little while, actually. It's good. 1 Samuel 8, you can go there right now. 1 Samuel chapter 8, you can get, get to that. Hey, I'm excited because I believe that God wants to bring freedom for people in this place. I don't know, this weekend, we saw it at youth on the Friday night, there was just such a sense of freedom. I believe God's freeing people in this place from the outset. I'm not saying that in faith, I'm saying that because I know it. Like God is freeing people in this atmosphere right now. And I would just pray that whatever you're walking through tonight, that God would be close to you, that even right now, if you're hearing my voice, that you would sense that there is something working together for your good, even if you don't see it right now. That's how good God is. Tonight, I wanna share with you a message called Culture Kings. And when it go to Romans 12, verse two, just for the, a short while, and you may know the verse is very common. It says, do not conform to the pattern, some translations say culture, of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you will be able to approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Let me just stop right there. Sit on those few words. Do not conform to the pattern. In life, we see patterns everywhere we look. In fact, culture is just a series of patterns, series of patterns of belief, series of patterns of feelings and thinking, series of patterns of what people define themselves as. Culture is defined as ideas, customs, behaviours of a particular group of people or society. Who knows that as Christ followers in today's world, we must take caution to what cultures we allow in and what other ones we allow out. Who knows that it's society in this world that we live in right now. We need to keep our eyes open for the cultures that would try to undermine the kingdom of God because we are kingdom carriers and we carry the culture of heaven as His church. But who knows that there are moments when those things can let go, where we can let go of those things and we can let other cultures come in that are directly opposite to what God is wanting to instill in us. You see, what we set in place now, church, listen to these words, what we set in place now is hard tomorrow. What we, the things that we, the patterns that we get ourselves into, the compromises that we are willing to make today get harder to remove tomorrow. It's so, so important that we do not conform to the pattern of the world. Could it be that if we did less conforming to the pattern and more transforming of the patterns around us that we would see God move? Could it be that if we were to walk around with an idea that God wants to move in this place, that when you walked into that classroom or when you walked into that university lecture, when you walk into your workplace, that you bring the, that you bring the pattern, the culture of heaven with you and you say, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna go in and become camouflaged with the culture around me. I'm gonna stand out. You see, the flow on effects of culture is important. Because what culture we carry ultimately dictates what kingdom we're living from. But more than that, it it dictates what king we serve. You see, the reason I want us to look at our culture right now as believers, because there's cultures like weeds, like you pull that culture out. Um, Trust me, I'm a youth pastor, I know. Like we get a bus full of one kid group, they can change the culture in a minute. But the thing about it is if you have a strong culture, you can say, hey, that needs to go. No, that needs to go. That behaviour is not acceptable. What I'm thinking there is, isn't acceptable. It's not the kingdom. 
You see, it's so big because we don't want to get caught serving the wrong kingdom and then serving the wrong king. And we would do well to recalibrate and realign our hearts and question ourselves and go, what areas of my life have I allowed to slip? What areas of my attitudes, my thinking, what, what areas in my, in my lifestyle have I allowed to lower to the culture that surrounds me? We're meant to bring relevance and revelation, not just be relevant. Can I just say that? Like a lot of people go, oh, you have to be relevant. Yes, you should be relevant. But relevance without revelation is just a club that nobody wants to join. Relevance without revelation is not really that great at all. It's just a bunch of broken people with nowhere to go. But when we carry relevance with revelation from heaven that says every person is called, every person is destined, that I am called to a higher purpose, that's where the power of God meets us. See, we're meant to be in the world, not of the world. And look, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm, I found myself in both worlds at the same time. Who's done that? Nobody, everybody should put up their hand. If you don't, I'm sorry, you might have a lying problem. But anyway, we'll go from there, just being honest. But everyone, we go different worlds, different kingdoms, and we can find ourselves so easily entrapped in these places, serving the wrong king in the wrong kingdom because we're carrying the wrong culture. We're in the world, but we're not of this world. We may find ourselves in a circumstance, but we're not defined by the circumstance or the situation. We're defined by what heaven says about us, by what God says about us. Quick culture check, as we would say at youth. What traits, what language, what thinking, what behaviours, what priorities, what, ex what exceptions have snuck into your life, culture, that you know are not of the kingdom? What are those things that you've compromised on, those things that you've allowed to let slip that you know aren't aligning your culture to His? See, I've titled tonight's message Culture Kings because I believe society is great at setting up culture kings around us. I believe that culture kings are things like image or things like greed or things like, you know, uh, protecting yourself. And culture kings are so easily set up in our society and so easily worshipped because they make sense to our human mind. It makes sense to partake in this culture because everybody else is doing it. Who's ever been there? Because I walk into that room and everybody else is doing it, so I'm just gonna do it too. Don't believe me. If you're a parent of a teenager and the teenager hangs out with the wrong groups of friends, they start dropping some language that you've never heard before and you're asking for the definition of, yeah? So anyway, but they start to pick up on the culture. You are who you hang with. You are who you hang with. I know this room tonight is filled with people just like me who constantly have to recalibrate and realign to make sure our culture is that of Christ. In the passage we're about to read from, from 1 Samuel chapter eight, it talks about how the people start to look around Israel, God's people. You know, the Red Sea moment, they got, went through the Red Sea. They walk through, everything's great. Did I say Red Seed or Red Sea? Anyway, Red Sea, and they walk through. It's a glorious moment. God's working. They escape from Egypt. They're no longer in slavery for hundreds and hundreds of years. And then they get to the promised land. Everything's going great. And then they start to look around. They start to look around. They start to wanna become like every other nation around them. Just be careful what happens when you start to compare 
Be careful what happens when your eyes are taken off God and placed on, the, on comparison of jobs or finance or families or whatever. Be careful what you do in those moments when you start to compare. Because comparison often leads to compromise. And that's exactly what the Israelites do in this moment. They look and they see that every nation has a physical king. They're meant to be led by God up until this point. Like God is their king. But there's a problem with that because God is the unseen God. A bit like faith. He's there, but sometimes you just don't have a physical God yet. Jesus has not come to the scene. And so this is freaking them out. But... In their minds, they say, we need a leader. We need a physical king. And they go to Samuel and say, we want a king who can fight our battles. We want a king who will protect us and lead us. We want a king who's strong, who's mighty, who looks physically imposing. They start to compromise. So the leaders of the people go to Samuel and they, they say, give us a king. And this is what happens. Samuel gets angry. 1 Samuel 8, 6 to 8 says, but when they said, give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel so he prayed to the Lord and the Lord told him, listen to all the people, listen to what the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. As they have done, listen to this, as they have done from the day I brought them up out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods so they are, so they are doing to you. See, this highlights for me, when I read this, I'm like, from the day of Egypt? Did God mix up His words? Like, but didn't you deliver them, God, when they were in Egypt? Did, weren't they your people? And weren't they living in the freedom that you fought for them? And as I started to think about that, I, I, I came to the, to the, I guess, the revelation that you can be free by God, but you may not be under His reign that you could be free, you could be living in the freedom that God has bought for you today, friend, and He may not be the Lord of your life. That these, the Israelites were living in the freedom that God had for them, and yet they were never from Egypt actually under His reign. They were never actually living from His kingdom. Just because we're not as messed up as we used to be 25 years ago does not mean that God is Lord of our life. Is that scary? That's a confronting, like, just because I'm not as bad as I used to be, and I'm, on my, I'm, I'm not perfect, but I'm, I'm getting there. We're, we're on the process, but just because I've, I've, I felt God's freedom here and I still live in the freedom today, doesn't mean that He's Lord over my life. His grace is that good. His grace is that powerful. We all have an Egypt. Maybe for you it was alcoholism, Maybe it was sickness, maybe it was addiction, maybe it was loneliness or shame or pain, whatever it is. Just because we're in the freedom doesn't mean that we're there under His reign. I know plenty of people who, who are still free in God who used to serve Him but don't no longer. I hear a, we hear plenty of people go, oh, I used to be in church and He did this and He did that, but just, it's not for me anymore. I'm not, I'm not uh, you know, God's, yeah, he's great. He, was, he did all this in my life and yeah, I just, I just don't get the whole God thing anymore or wanna do it anymore. 
we have a lot of used to stories, but what would happen if we had people who says, God, I'll take your freedom, but I'm also gonna take my faith with me for the one who set me free. I'm not gonna just, be, I'm not gonna just grab on, gravitate to freedom. I'm gravitating to the future that you have for me, the hope that you have for me, the love that you have for me. It's not good enough to point to the past and show the freedom God has won for you. What culture are you carrying right now in the present that shows that Jesus is the Lord of your life? It's not good enough to go, hey, I did all that 25 years or five years ago, or last year I prayed for that person, they were healed. It's not good enough, church. We're called to be the, the hands and feet of Jesus today, not yesterday. Not have seasons of being the hands and feet of Jesus, but to actually say, I am every day waking up with a purpose that calls me to something new, that calls me to chase after His presence, that calls me to, to embrace the grace that He has given to my life. So Samuel goes on and he, he, he begins to warn the people. See, God says, you can, look, God's that good. He goes, bro, they've asked for it. I'm not gonna force them to, to be under my, my, my kingdom, but they've asked for it. You see, one chapter before, this is the funny thing, one chapter before this story, God literally annihilated an army for the Israelites. But the very reason the Israelites go looking for a physical king is so that they could have somebody who fought their battles for them. How quickly we forget the goodness of God how quickly we forget what He has done in our lives and in our hearts. How quickly we, can, we have amnesia sometimes where we wake up and we forget the good things that God is doing in our hearts. So they go to Samuel, they say, hey, we want a king. I'm not gonna read it all. But Samuel starts to name off literally, you can go there in um, 1 Samuel chapter eight, all the things that the king will take as a result of being under his dominion. He's like, the king's gonna take your sons and daughters. He's gonna take your resource. He's gonna take your territory. He's gonna take eventually your freedom. He's gonna take everything he can get his hands on because that is the earthly kingdom. I'm gonna take it. You know what the people say? Do it. Okay, we'll take it. He can take it all as long as we get our king. See, the first thing, I'm just gonna pick out a few things that, this, that the story says that he was gonna take. Number one is that it was the sons and daughters. Sons and daughters, you see, and this is a point for everybody and generationally, but what walks in the parents runs in the kids. And what you serve now, the generations that flow through you will serve and what we, what we bow down to now, whether that be to priorities that are out of whack or finances or whatever, the kids and the generations that flow from our life will do the same. It will run through the family. You see, but we are called to carry a different culture. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that He gave His Son. I love the fact, this is, I love this part, that the, king of the, the culture king at that time, the king that the people wanted was gonna take their sons and daughters, but God says, I'll give my son so that your sons and daughters can be free. I'll give my son so that everybody who needs grace, everybody who needs a hope can have it through me. See, one king takes, the other one gives, and that's our king. The next thing they talk about is territory. Isaiah 54 verse two says enlarge, oh sorry, Isaiah 54 verse two says enlarge the site of your tent. 
to make room for more children. Stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare them. Lengthen your tent ropes and make your pegs firm in the ground. In other words, one king says, I wanna take your territory. I wanna take up the space that you're supposed to occupy. But our king says, enlarge the place of your tent. He says, enlarge the space of your life. He says, live bigger, live stronger, live taller, live more impactful. You see, if we serve the culture kings of society, we'll only start to recede. But God says, it's time to proceed into the things that I have for you. One king takes territory. The other king says, take all you want. Number three is freedom. Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom. I love this verse because we preached on it on Friday night. And I just feel it. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Stand firm then. And do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. See, one king says, I'm gonna take freedom from you. One king says, if you serve me, if you serve greed, if you serve self-image, if you serve safety, if you serve whatever the culture king that you currently serve, if you serve it, it will take your freedom. But when we turn to God, if I can have the band back up, when we turn to God, He says, I'm ready to give you freedom. I'm ready to give you freedom beyond your comprehension. I'm ready, I'll take a crown of thorns so you can have crowns of righteousness. One king says, I need a crown, but one, the, our king says, I'll take a crown of thorns so you can have a crown too. How does that sound? One king says, I need more praise. The other king says, let's do it together. One king says, one king says you'll be under me. The other king says, I'll be right beside you. One king says, you're not good enough. Our king says, I'm gonna raise you up to new life. Culture kings. I talked about this at Youth on Friday, but I'll do it again because I just feel it right now. But at the name, names carry power, church. Have you ever said somebody's name and it gave you access to things that you have no right to in your own name? You know, like, I remember one time I was, uh, long story, but I was teaching Chris Hemsworth underwater hockey at Griffith University in the Gold Coast. Long story, but underwater hockey, what's that? Chris Hemsworth playing, that's weird too. But anyway, and I remember I, I pulled up to Griffith University and it was security everywhere, cameras everywhere. I had no ID pass, I had no security check. And I drive up and I wound down the window and the guy goes, hey, what are you here for? And I said, I'm with Chris. <laughs> and he literally goes, open up, like literally opens up the gates, let me roll straight on through. If one man's name is that powerful, how much more powerful is the name of Jesus in your situation? If one man's name can open up gates, can break down walls, how much more powerful is this name of Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and Omega, beginning, the end? How much more powerful is the name of Jesus? You see, we would do well to declare Jesus over everything, but Jesus over our situation, Jesus over our past, Jesus over our future, Jesus over our anxiety, Jesus over our mental health right now, Jesus over that bad report because His Name carries power. His Name will not be put to shame, church. And some of us, Poppy was talking and in the Scripture came, do not throw away your confidence. That was Scripture. Do not throw away your confidence for in due time it will be richly rewarded. 
And when you were preaching, when you were speaking about it, I thought somebody in the room tonight, you've thrown away your confidence at the altar of a culture king. You've thrown away your confidence, the altar of, you know, trying to get through on your own strength, trying to make it happen, trying to look the part, trying to get everything together and perfect. And God's saying, do not throw away your confidence to a king that didn't pay the price for your life. Do not throw away your confidence into something that that can't give you anything. I think we need to, we would do well to, to, to carry our confidence in God. And, 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 to, and to walk with confidence into the rooms that we walk into. We need, a, we need a type of confidence that walks into a university hall and that can be having any conversation. We can bring the power of God that goes beyond our us. We can walk into the, the darkest situations and the, and the worst rooms in the world, but we carry a counterculture that brings heaven to earth. We would do well to remember that we are, we are more than enough through Him who was able to give us strength. See, we have too many people, too many believers, too many Christ followers, too many church attendees who are enslaved to culture kings, enslaved to public opinion, enslaved to social media expert, whatever it is, but enslaved to it. Slave to image, greed, influence, affluence, self, whatever it is, you pick it. But I don't want to see culture kings take sons and daughters. I don't want to see culture kings take a generation out on account of what I've been doing. I don't want to see a culture king take out territory that the church is meant to expand into in business realms, in education realms, in law realms, in political realms. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see people captive any longer because I believe our God breaks chains, church. See, it's time to kick some culture kings out. It's time to kick some things that have been stealing your confidence, that have been stealing your worship. Worship is our attention, that have been stealing your praise. Some of us, we've been praising the situations more than we've been giving praise to God. And I think right now it's just time for like alignment. It's like we're all in this together, church. It's a constant, deliberate action to say, every day I wake up, God, I, I, I realign my heart to you. What do you need, Father? What do you need to recalibrate in me? Philippians 2, 10 to 11. You see, we have a choice now. Will we, will we, will we give Him the authority? You see, I, I've already said it, but one takes, the other gives. One King will take everything you have and leave you with nothing but our King will give you everything you have and leave you with overflowing abundance. Philippians 2.10, that at the Name of Jesus, every knee, not some, not maybe, but every knee will bow. See, we get a choice, but sooner or later, every knee will bow. Here on earth, we get a choice, but sooner or later, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, church. I don't wanna wait. I, don't, I, wanna, I wanna bow now. I wanna give Him everything I can now. I'm not bringing Him a sacrifice. I'm just gonna bring Him everything I am so that He can pour so much more into me. 
the sacrifice is paid. Jesus was the sacrifice. Jesus died so that we wouldn't have to bring the sacrifice. So all we have to do is bring ourselves and He corrects everything and He starts to realign things. And He says, yeah, your past is forgotten. Your, your future is sure. Let's kick some things out. See, the reason why the people, the reason why they started to look at all the other kings around them was because they came up against another king. And they don't tell, talk about it in this, but if you go to chapter 12, he talks about it, Samuel, in this farewell passage. And he talks about the fact that the people came to him because they, they had fear in their hearts because another king was coming against them. We will have things come against us, church. But let, let God do what only He can do. Let God fight the battle for you. Submit yourself to Him. Bow to Him. Give Him the authority to work in your life and see that He will not raise you up in victory every single time. I, I, I feel like right now, can we just stand to our feet? I just wanna pray. And if you feel comfortable and you're in this place and you just wanna be included, you can just raise your hands across this place, like that'd be fine. But Father God, I pray for every person in this room, God. God, I pray, Lord, that we would acknowledge You as King every day. That Father God, the things that have set themselves up to distract and detract from our lives, we demolish now under the authority of Jesus. That Father God, every evil thing that has been set up, Lord, to, to prohibit Your people, I pray that the Holy Spirit right now would start to tear down walls and tear down things that have been put in place to, to keep us grounded in Jesus' Name. God, I pray, Lord, for the people in this room, that Lord, who have lost hope, and I pray, Lord, that, that Your presence would start to, start to bring out hope in their heart in Jesus' Name. God, I pray for the dark places of people's minds. God, I pray that the Word of God that is sharper than any double-edged sword would start to go to those places and breathe life again in Jesus' Name. Father God, that as a collective church, as the people of God, we would choose to declare that Jesus is Lord over our life, over our families, that as for us and our households, as for us in Highway Church, we would be a people that say, we will serve the Lord all our days in Jesus' Name. Holy Spirit, I just thank You for Your presence and I thank You for Your peace in this place. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I've got to give this opportunity for people in the room who maybe you haven't been in church, maybe this is your first time in a long time. I wanna give you an opportunity and you're not joining this church, you're not joining some club or anything. You just say, hey, I wanna know more. I'll talk with you after the service. But if there is anybody, I just need to know, nobody's looking around, everyone's closed their eyes. But if, you, if that is you, would you just do me the honour of just raising your hand? You can put it straight back down. I'm just gonna quickly look and then we can talk after the service. Is there anybody here tonight you wanna say, I wanna, I wanna hear more about this God that you talk about tonight, Dan? Is there anybody here? One more time.
Brilliant, church. Well, I pray this word has impacted your heart. Can we remember this week, every day, what am I living from? What culture do I carry? And what king am I serving?